the What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. It's the What's Good Podcast. What's good? Hey, ladies and gents, this is your girl, Brianna Siobhan, with another episode of What's Good Podcast. As you guys know, we do not have interviews. Instead, we have genuine conversations, so let's get into it. Today, we have another person within the film industry, and his name is Deontay Bolden. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for coming through. And so we always start off with every conversation with an icebreaker. So are you ready for your icebreaker? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So your icebreaker is, looking back, what's one thing you would do differently? And that could be personal, that could be business, anything you feel. Um, looking back, um, what would I do differently? Um, I would uh, believe in myself more and my abilities. Um, I guess growing up in my early years, I was very uh, shy and um, I, I suffered from self-doubt a lot. So I think I would make more um, decisions and I would have, um, you know, went forward of doing a lot of stuff that I held myself back from doing because I was fearful of doing it. Like when I was younger, I you know, play, play baseball for a little bit, but then I got scared because I felt like I wasn't good enough. So I quit the team. So a lot of things, you know, and decisions that I would have made, I would have stuck out a little bit longer and um, had more confidence in myself. Um, I feel like I'm getting there now, but I'm still, you know, working on myself. So yeah, I'll have more confidence in my abilities. Okay. So I do want to ask as far as a follow-up, what are you doing to strengthen that ability to have more confidence in yourself? Um, I'm just before I think about it and talk myself out of it, I do it now because I realize who I am as a person. You know, I'm only 32 and I have a life ahead of me, but I realize at the age of 32 that if I don't do it and just put forth the effort and get it through it, and, and when I allow myself to sit long enough, I'll start trying to talk myself out of it and why I shouldn't do it. So now I just pray about it. And when God say go, I go before I get myself into well, what if this doesn't happen? What if that, you know, because even simple as someone is writing a play, I, I freak myself out because I'm like, what if nobody shows up? What if it's only five people? What if, you know, the cast, you know, I can't get that together. So, you know, you learn how to just, uh, based on your personality and who you are, I've learned how to understand who Deontay is. So I'm like, before Deontay gets inside of his thoughts and heads, let me just put it out there. You know, so I'll put it on social media. Play coming in February. Okay, now I put it out there. I have to do it. So now I just learn how to, you know, uh, make the move before I start to overthink it. I love that. So you must work well under pressure, man. I do. And um, okay. I, I realize that that's where the greatest, the greatness of Deontay, you know, is birth dorm, putting myself under pressure. You know, I, I learn how to put out dates and set deadlines for myself because when I do that, then I feel like I'm accomplishing something like differently able wouldn't happen if I was just sitting on it. It will still be in the writing process. It will still be on my laptop. But I've learned how to, you know, put myself under pressure because I'm like, that's when the greatness, you know, comes and, you know, you learn how to, you know, get that zeal and fire that you need. Come on, I love that. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into the genuine conversation. We always start off with who is the guest. So for you, it would be who is Deontay? Deontay, uh, you want my backstory or just who I am? Okay. 
characterize? Usually when I say that, that's the main question that I get. But what I want is not a rehearsed. You know, you have that, that elevator pitch when you go into a networking event. Oh, yes. I do this, 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 and that. No rehearse. Just when you think of your name, what do you think of, you know, who you are? Just the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, a man, uh, well, I am a man of God because that's my faith. Um, I'm also um, a very passionate person. I love the arts. I'm a genuine, kind person. I have a big heart. Um, I'm a creative person. I love creativity. I love being able to, I'm a man who has taken his, um, you know, trials and tribulations that I've faced in life and adversities, and I've learned how to turn them into, you know, uh, promise and purpose. You know, I'm a person who always sees the positive in every situation instead of the negative. Um, I'm a go-getter. I'm a fighter. Um, I'm a warrior. Um, I'm a conqueror. Um, and I'm just a very genuine person. You know, I feel like to me, you know, when people understand who I am, you know, outside of the success and the wins, it's just that person who just loves people and loves God. Um, and sometimes I feel like that can be uh, an advantage. And then sometimes it can be a disadvantage as well, especially um, in the professional side of things. But I'm just a guy who just loves God, loves people, and, and it takes one day at a time and love, you know, love life, you know, because life is so short. So that's 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 a little bit of who Deontay is outside of the professionalism. <laughs> okay. okay, so there was a lot of characteristics that you mentioned about yourself, and I want to point out one in particular was a warrior. Why would you describe yourself as a warrior? Um, because I feel like sometimes you're not um, prepared for the cards that you're dealt in life. Um, and I feel like when you are destined and you are anointed and appointed and chosen by God, the enemy fights you twice as hard. Um, because I feel like even at a young age, I was at a disadvantage. You know, I had a brother with a disability. My parents divorced when I was four years old. I lost my brother. You know, um, I went to work one day, hugged my brother. And the next thing you know, at work, I was told that my brother, you know, um, had... Um, you know, was unconscious, you know, and he passed. So it was just a lot of things that I faced in life, you know, when everybody was senior year, they were to prom and they were, you know, um, having fun. I was burying my brother. So a lot of, I faced a lot of disadvantages, but I've learned how to take those things in life and say, okay, God, how can I make this something that can inspire someone else? You know, how can I make something like this um, beneficial for someone else to understand that, you know, even though you're not in control of what you're dealt, you have to learn how to work with what you're given. And, you know, that's a part of learning in life, you know, to take something, you know, so tragic and so, you know, disheartening and so sad and be able to use that as fuel to be able to say, you know what, um, my brother's no longer here, but I still can keep his legacy alive. How can I change this and make this more of a positive? So that's being a warrior because you can either sit and wallow in your pain and be sad and have your pity party all of your life. Eventually, nobody's going to come to your party because the balloons and the cake and everything is spoiled and rotten. So you got to <laughs> learn how to get from that pity party and say, okay, now what's next? Where can I go? How can I, you know, elevate from this? So. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. Yeah. Is it was there anybody in your family that has that same type of mindset? Or is that something just as an individual person? Because I know a lot of my personality. I can look at my family. I'm like, okay, I got that from you. I, okay, I know I got that from you. How about you when it comes to just being so strong? Like you mentioned, being a warrior and just, you know, making sure it's like a testimony. What I heard from what you were saying was more so like this may be my test but this can be a testimony for me later to help the next person that may be going through this 
Yeah, I would say my mom. My mom, she's definitely a strong woman um, to be able to have a child with a disability and not put him in a home and take care of him until the day that, you know, God called him home. She's definitely a strong person and a warrior. My dad is definitely a warrior as well. Um, my dad has a hard work ethic, and I think that's where I get my work ethic from. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say, you know, my mom. And I would, I would definitely say my brother as well. You know, even though he was disabled, he was in a wheelchair, he had a disability, he was such a strong person, he was such a strong and in the midst of, you know, going through such a, a, um, a physical pain that he would endure and a lot of the things that he faced, you know, with his disability, he always managed to have a smile on his face and he always managed to see, you know, the the, the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, he was just a very, um, you know, inspirational person in my life. So that's why I'm so honored to continue to keep his legacy alive through, through my art and creativity. So I would definitely say um, a little bit of my mom, my dad, and my brother. Beautiful. I feel like it's always, once you have that good community that can support you, I feel like it takes you a long way. Because it's like, um, you're not going to be sitting there forever. We're going to have to build you back up. Like, it's okay, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, to have a pity party. But, baby, we got to get up. We got to keep going. Life is not going to stop because we stopped it. So I yes. love to hear that your family was super supportive of everything that's been going on, what was going on with you guys. Mm-hmm. And so um, with that being stated, I want to talk about the creative portion that we keep talking about. Um, where's the inspiration of the creativity? And what was that spark when you said, oh, snap, I can do this. Like, I'm pretty creative. Was it the writing? Were you in theater? What came first? Well, um, writing came after the, well, it came a little bit before my brother passed because I always kind of wanted to write poetry and stuff like that. But after losing my brother um, in 2006, um, I actually had got to the point where I was super depressed and I wanted to take my own life. You know, I had already planned it out. I had already wrote a suicide note. Um, I wanted to really just, you know, in a in the process of writing my suicide note, I just knew that I didn't want to be here anymore. But it was during that period of time and that night where I just really started to get back into writing. And something was saying, you know, the Holy Spirit was like, you know, just write, write your feelings, write your emotions, write what you, you know, really want to express to people. So I started writing poetry um, and um, it, it became therapeutic for me. So every time I felt like I was a little down and I started thinking about my brother, I started writing. Um, but um, I would say the creativity side of writing scripts and everything didn't come until, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles, I got into theater. I started feeling, you know, like I was becoming who I was I mean I was just on set one day just talking about an idea that I had for a script and uh, the director was like you know what you need to write you know you have a lot of these ideas he was like you know this is you know what people want you know this is you know your lane you know you're gonna start writing and you know writing material that's gonna really touch a lot of people and I was like I can't write you know this is just for me you know and then um I ended up writing a script uh, within a week and I gave it to him he was like this is brilliant he was like you really really need to go forth and do this um and next thing you know I was writing scripts plays and um then the book came um, and um, I just feel like I've learned how to tap into that gift and uh, that God has given me. Sometimes you think that your gift is just this one single thing. But for me, God has blessed me to be, you know, be gifted in different areas. And I'm just grateful for it, you know, um, and, you know, in another 
a way of saying, like I said before, you know, finding my pain and finding my purpose in the midst of my pain. Um, that's pretty much the testament of my life. Beautiful. Okay, so as you were talking, I was thinking about God will throw so many things at us, right? And it's easier mm-hmm. said than done. I know I get a little terrified with some of the visions that God has given me. I'm like, oh, God, you want me to be there? Oh. Yes, yes, <laughs> I agree. So how do you say or be obedient to what the vision is, even though we may be scared? Because as you mentioned earlier, um, we can be a little scared. It can be a little terrifying. As you mentioned, um, I don't know if it maybe have been a mentor, but that person that was in um, L.A. that told you, you need to go ahead and move forward with this. What gave you the inspiration or that push to say, OK, I'm going to go ahead and just do it. It may work. It may not work, but I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Um, I think I've always just been as a creative, I think the power that we have is to be selfless um, because I realized that it's not about me. If it's just about me, differently able probably wouldn't have came, you know, uh, my place probably wouldn't come because I'm like, you know, I, I mean, it benefits me, but I'm also could be in my own shell and just keep it to myself. Um, but just the selfless act of knowing that someone somewhere is waiting for me to do what I need to do because it's the key to what it is that they need. So for me, I just always think, okay, okay, well, if I hold back differently, but what if it's a child that needs to read that book? If I hold back, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, what if somebody needs to see that play and say, you know what, I'm in this relationship right now. I need to get out of this. This is toxic. So it's always as a creative, it's our duty and job to say, you know what, um, you know, and for me, it's like, you know, it's not for me, it's for someone else. And I think that's why God blessed me so much because I'm like, God, once you give it to me, I know it's not just for me. It's a gift that you've given me, but it's also a gift to share with other people as well. So that's just how, what keeps me focused. I'm knowing, okay, so, you know, when I'm writing this, somebody needs this, you know, somebody needs to see this, somebody needs to experience what it is I'm writing. Because that's why God gives it to us so we can be able to be a blessing to other people. Mm. Ooh, this is so good. Come on, guys. Okay, so let's talk about, because we're going to get to the book. Let's talk mm-hmm. about your first play. Yes. What was the inspiration, of course, with the name? And as you were writing and just getting those ideas, because I feel, and this is just only me, when I have ideas, I have several different kind of ideas, but then I have to narrow it down to be like, okay, this is going to be the focus. So for you, what does that process look like? Well, um, the play was actually the inspiration behind the play was um, conversations that I heard my mom having after her and my dad divorced. Like I said, I was four years old. Uh, most of my my childhood, my mom was single, um, and I used to always hear her have conversations saying, "You know, I want to be in love. I want to find Mr. Right." But oftentimes, you know, she would, um, you know kind of rush into, you know, certain relationships that were not meant for her because she just wanted to be in love and she wanted to be loved. So, you know, me thinking about that and I'm having friends and having those conversations, I'm the type of person that says, be careful what you tell me because it might end up in the story. And a lot of people around me know that. And um, it kind of just triggered a conversation with me and my friend because my friend is going to the same thing. And I was like, I really need to write about this. Um, So I just decided to write this play and it was like a letter that I was writing back to my mom to say, you know, wait on God's time. And then when you wait on God, then you don't have to pay the price of falling in love with Mr. Wrong or Mrs. Right or whatever. Um, and 
how I narrowed it down to just know what I wanted to write about it. You know, you write what you know, and you know, when you're giving something and you know about it and you're passionate about it, I always know when it's time for me to put focus on something because I get really, really passionate about it. Um, and it's like God almost stares me up and be like, you need to put this out and release this to the world. And that's what happened with uh, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. And it's just amazing how many people have just been touched by the story, the cast, um, the people who come along and be a part of the production. They're like, I love this story. So you just know that it's touching not only the people who are audience and watching, but it's also touching and impacting lives for people who are part and connected to the production as well. Because mm, mm, mm. you had two sold out shows, right? Yeah, we had two sold out shows in 2019. I put it on September 13th, which is my brother's birthday um, of 2019 and then September 14th. And we had two sold out shows. Um, we were going to do it this past month in October, but of course, Atlanta COVID has just been crazy. So I postponed it. So we're going to do it February 12th and 13th of next year. So it's going to be around Valentine's Day weekend and everybody's excited because that's the month of love. So it's mm-hmm. perfect time to put something like that on as well. So I agree. And so when it comes to getting the production team together, when it comes to the actors, um, I'm assuming you just let me know when it comes to plays, is it music that may be involved as well? It can be. Um, at first, I thought I wanted to do that because everybody was trying to compare me to Tyler Perry, but I just realized <laughs> that wasn't my style at the moment. I did kind of write some songs, but I just really love the flow of the show when it's just without the music. I just really am focusing on telling the story. And I'm like, maybe in the future, God will have it where we can add some music to it to kind of enhance it a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the process is it's tedious. You know, I think putting on a play can be very... Um, uh, challenging because it's time consuming and there's so many compartments that go with it. Um, it's a little bit more simple than film because of course film, there's all these different things. Um, but with uh, plays, you know, you really have to have dedication. Um, and I've learned that everybody, you know, who was connected to you in 2019 ain't going to be connected to you in 2021. Um, and I'm just learning a lot about myself and um, God has just really been sending some amazing people. I'm actually going through the finishing up my casting process with it for the uh, February show some cast members are not able to come back so but you know the show is going on and it's going to move forward and I always feel like as I do this production that it's going to get even better and better and greater and greater so I'm just excited so similar excuse me similar to um, Tyler Perry mm-hmm. it sounds like you wear many hats as well so what do those hats look like uh, well, I'm a filmmaker, a playwright. I actually did a film in March of uh, this year called The Skin I'm In, which is a short film. Uh, it's going to be a three-part series, but the film deals with issues of colorism in our communities and racism. Um, it's about this girl, Melanie. The first, well, the first volume is The Skin I'm In, volume one, Melanie, Melanie. And it's about this biracial woman who struggled uh, fitting in as she was young because she was biracial. She was often teased and bullied. And um, she's now a mother and her daughter is biracial and she tries to protect her daughter um, by uh, teaching her how to become a colorist um, but her daughter ends up experiencing racism in a different form than what she thought that she would um, because she was trying to tell her not to talk to certain girls who were dark skin and all of this stuff so her daughter ends up experiencing racism in a different fashion um, and at the end of the day she realizes that we have to learn how to accept who we are and who God created us to be and it's such a beautiful story and we actually um 
or wrapping up the um we're in post-production now and working on that so that'll be released in, you know sometime next year um but yeah i'm a filmmaker i'm a playwright i'm a host of my own podcast dna podcast back here as well and i'm an author award-winning author two mason publications and i'm a creator i'm also working on my own awards show here in uh, atlanta called the bolden awards so that's going to be coming um next year we're seeing how COVID is i don't know if i have to push it back but it's coming i'm excited about it and um yeah i'm just the creator of my own production company deontay Bona productions and yeah i'm doing a lot of different things and i'm also venturing eventually into motivational speaking because i want to you know take these books on the road that i have and, and talk about them and, and, and you know impact some lives so yeah i'm doing a lot of different things this is so exciting. I mean, this is just <laughs> so exciting. You just have so many layers to you. So um, I do want to piggyback on Deontay Bolden uh, Productions. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Your logo really caught my eye. I was like, yeah, he's definitely a man of God. And I can really appreciate that. Um, The T on, you let me know if I'm wrong. The T on the logo is Jesus Christ on the uh, the cross what was the inspiration for creating your logo because I was like oh this is beautiful I definitely want to ask him some questions about this logo so yeah um I, I did it I had a great intention behind that um I actually had a graphic artist that was actually when I told him about it um he had sent it back to me and he um thought that it was too much and he was like well you know what I, I think you should do it like this to make it like this I don't think it's necessary and I said it is and the reason why I did that because I always want to be reminded of the purpose that I have for what it is that I do um, it, it holds me accountable um, and it lets me know what the true meaning of it is have I not you know I don't feel like I could go fully into my full potential um, if I don't have Jesus on that cross on my logo because it keeps me grounded to realize this is the bigger picture of what it is that you're doing. Because oftentimes we get so successful, we can go forward. And the fear that I always have, and I said, Lord, just keep me to a place where I'm not walking ahead of you and I'm walking with you. Sometimes God will get us to the open door and then we just go and we just forget about God. And I can picture God just standing at the door like, well, you didn't take me with you. So it's just really reminded me of what it is that I'm doing. And I said, I have to have that on my logo because it, it really just, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of um, emphasizes what my true um, identity is, and that's Christ. So it has to be on the logo. So that was my inspiration behind it. I was like, I got to do something on my logo to remind other people, but not just remind other people, but remind myself of what it is that I'm doing. And that is giving honor and reverence to God. So. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was so good. So. Yeah. Let me know if I'm going too far because I have to ask this question. Sure. When it comes to, for example, you mentioned the graphic designer. And sometimes everybody doesn't see your vision. People don't understand where you're going. What does that conversation look like no, to say this is what's needed and this is what's going to happen? It may not look good to you, but it looks good to me. I already talked it over with God. We are in advance of moving forward. So when people are not in line of what your vision is, how do you have those conversations with them to say pretty much like this is where we're going? 
Yeah, I, I think it comes back to knowing who you are and then realizing that I'm the boss, you know. Um, I think it's just being confident in who you are because I never try to compromise my, my morals and values for anybody and what and my standards. Um, it is what it is, and that's what I do. Um, you know, there's, there's times where I feel like sometimes people overdo it. Like, I don't like the term Christian filmmaker because I feel like that puts me into a box. I'm like, I'm a filmmaker who just happens to be a Christian. Um, you know, I think oftentimes we put ourselves in layers and, you know, we, we peel off layers um, when we don't put so much limitations on ourselves. You know, I, I have a standard as a standard of what I do. You see it in a logo, but I don't have to put it on there. But when it came to the graphic design, I had to just be specific and say, this is what I want. This is what I envision. This is what I see. This is what I stand for. And he definitely understood. But sometimes you just have to, um, you know, let people know, look, you know, this is this is my idea and vision. And when I put my mind on something and I'm focused on it, then I, I make it known. Like, you know, if you can't do the job, I'll find somebody else who will. So, you know, you got to be the boss. And, you know, I feel like God is always holding me accountable for what it is that he's given me. So. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Yes. Okay. So now we're going to go into the storytelling portion, which by far is my, my favorite segment. Um, we're going to talk about the highs and the lows, that's personal business, whatever that may look like for you. So let's go into the highs. What would be a high where you're like, pat on my back, Deontay, you did that. This is awesome. Hooray. What would be a portion of your life that you could say, shout out to Deontay? Oh, wow. Oh, recently, just being able to share my story on the uh, news station here um, in Georgia. Um, I don't know if you know, I'm on a, I was on 11 Alive this past week, and um, it, it was just amazing. And I had to pat myself on the back because it was one of my goals when I decided I wanted to release this book. I was like, Lord, if I can just get on a news station and talk about my story. And to be able to do that um, and to be able to know that something that I sat behind the computer and wrote um, and the vision that God gave to me was something that's impacted people so much lives, many lives that they want to cover my story on a news station. You know, they can cover many stories, but they chose my story so that was a pat on the back and then when I did my play in 2019 and I saw all those many people coming to see my show and and the laughter and people enjoying um that was uh that was a great moment as well um, I love seeing things through and to be able to look at my book you know and be like yeah you did that yes so those are um just precious moments that you get and say you know uh take it all in and be like wow you you really did that so Okay, so there was one award that I saw, the Accomplished Literary Award in 2020. Yes. How did that make you feel when you received that award? That was another one I just thought about. I was like, oh, yeah, the award is so many great uh, highs. I couldn't name them all, but thank you for reminding me. Yes, um, my Peach Theater Literary Award in 2020 um, for my first book, Purpose Pains, was amazing. Um, that was just a personal book for me. And um, I had faced so many challenges writing the book, and I didn't want to write it because I felt like I was being so vulnerable and open. And I'm used to just being that closed person. Like, I don't want you inside of my life. Um, but just to thank uh, Pishanda, who just 
just, uh, you know, saw my journey. She was like, you know, you really, you know, inspire me with your book, you know, as an author. It, it, it was just an amazing feeling and it was a great accomplishment because a lot of times we work so hard. Um, I know for me and we forget about the fact that people want to are, are seeing what we're doing and just to know that people are watching your journey and watching what you're doing and being inspired by your what you do. Um, it's a great feeling because we get so much as a creative. So that was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. I love it so much. Congrats to all of your accomplishments. Um, it's just really exciting to hear. So yes. on the other end, as you know, we have our highs, but we also have our lows. Mm. Who's that? <laughs> 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 what would be a situation, again, business or personal, where you kind of question, should I move forward with this book or should I continue writing? Or, you know, what should I be doing right now just questioning things in life and on the opposite end how did you push through because you're still here you're still doing what you need to do um I would say one of my lows is sometimes just dealing with people um you know sometimes people uh you know in this industry that we're in this great old industry you you find a lot of people who are very artificial and they're not real people love you for the moment people love you for the benefit of you know using you and loving you for the moment that you are be beneficial for them um and i would say i faced a lot of backstabbing in this um industry and it's really gave, got me to the point where i was like do i really want to be a part of this you know i can be doing something else i can be going back to school getting a career but god had to remind I mean, it happens in every aspect of your life, especially when my hands is on you. You know, when God's hands is on you, then the enemy is going to attack you even harder. And sometimes I always often compare myself to people because I'm like, it seems like a lot of my friends that are in the industry putting on production don't sound like they go as much, go through as much as I go through with. You know, I, I, I've dealt with so much. You know, people who I thought were friends, you know, didn't like me because they were, you know, jealous of where God was taking me. Um, and I was just really, really frustrated. And I um, I got so frustrated to the point where I really wanted to just throw in the towel and not do it anymore. But hey, when God has a sense and he calls you to do something, he reels you right back on in. And the next thing you know, you're back at square one. So that would be a moment for me. Mm, that was good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because I can agree. There are a lot of people, even that I came across, uh, you know, you gotta I pray about the connections. I go back, like when I go to networking events, I go back and be like, okay, Lord, what was that for? Um, am I supposed to follow up? Am I not supposed to follow up? Is that a good intention, a bad intention? Because now I just want to move in his way, not my way, because his way is the best way. So yes. I definitely understand when you mentioned just being around so many people in the industry that we're in, being creatives, uh, being in those creative spaces with other like-minded people, I'm mm. like, okay. Let me make sure, because I don't need no demons or nothing walking home with me. <laughs> yes, it, it, it can be. Real. It, it, it gets that way. And, um, you know, oftentimes you think that, um, you know, people are, are truly a friend and they have your best intentions. And sometimes many people don't. And um, that's just been a struggle. And it's something that I'm learning. You know, But at the end of the day, you know, I, I realize that God is for me and it doesn't matter who's against me. And I just encourage people like that because I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, you know, uh, don't nothing phase me. and Don't nothing move and shake me. So I, I'm, I'm glad to be at that level of my life. Okay. Okay, so the 
uh, we're close to the end. We have another segment for you. It's called One Free Advice. Um, this was encouraging for me because I feel with me being in the consultant industry as well, people pay so much money for advice. Um, to be a part of this consulting or this online course, you got to pay $5,000, $10,000. And I'm like, why is it that much money? And then when they leave, they still need like a follow-up accountability and things of that nature. So with the one free advice, um, I was encouraged to add this onto the show because I want to see what type of advice she can give someone to just start today. They don't really need accountability. They can take it, receive it, and implement it. So what would be something you could tell somebody that's listening if they want to be a writer, if that's a book or if that wants to be a play or, you know, if they want to be an actor, they want to be behind the film, in front of the film, whatever that looks like. What advice would you give them to walk away from listening to this episode? Um, Just do it. Um, I think sometimes, just like I've said before, sometimes we get into our own heads. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And before we go forth and do something and be great at it, we try to talk ourselves out of it. <laughs> But your purpose is aligned with, you know, sometimes, you know, your fear is sitting right in front of your purpose. And behind fear is where you start to understand and see the manifestation of God in your life. But you have to be willing to take the first step. A lot of times we want God to move in situations, but we're not willing to move our own feet to be able to do what it is that he called us to do. So I just tell people to do it. If you want to be a writer, write, you know, don't try to overanalyze and talk yourself out of it. Sometimes we get so caught up in our own thoughts in our own heads and that's where the enemy is trying to fight us twice as hard because if he can get here then he can get to everything else so you just have to go for it and just be walking step out on faith and just say you know what like Martin Luther King said I'm not going to see the whole staircase but I'm going to take my first step today and and make that the first step towards my journey so I just say do it you know I think that's the greatest advice you know if you want to be an actor you know get into some acting classes go out there be great go to the auditions just put yourself out there because people will tell you that you're not good enough and people will try to discourage you. You start to understand who you are and you start to connect to your purpose and you're a threat to the enemy's camp and there's nothing that he can do because God already has his hands on you. So be forth, go forth and be great. Okay, so we are, as mentioned, towards the end. Go ahead and tell the people where they can purchase two books. I know you have two books. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, you have your play that's coming out in February around Valentine's Day. Just all things Deontay, how they can keep up with you, your handlers, website, etc. Yes. So, of course, I have a website, www.deontayboldenproductions.com. Again, that's www.deontay.com. B-O-L-D-E-N productions.com. You can get all the links to my social media as well. You can keep up with the play on there. You can also purchase your copy of Purpose Pains, my first book, and my second book, Differently Abled. Um, you get your own personalized signed copy as a store on the website. Um, but you can also find me if you um, on Instagram is Deontay Bolden Productions. Um, you can find me at Deontay Bolden Productions on Facebook, um, Deontay Bolden on Twitter. Um, and if you just Google me, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that go Google myself. All my stuff come up. So I'm like, I, I, I'm on my way, y'all. I'm on my way if I can Google myself and, and get it. So yeah, um, you can definitely purchase a copy of both of my books, Differently Able, which is a children's apartment book for children with disabilities. You also see a link to my 
my uh, first book, Purpose Page, where I teach you how to push from pain to promise. Um, my stage productions, tickets will go on sale in December. December the 20th, tickets will go on sale. So I'm um, looking for love in all the wrong places. My stage production will be uh, here on February the 12th and 13th here in Marietta, Georgia. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned. I keep you guys updated on my website with everything. Again, it's www.deontaybowdenproductions.com. And that's just the one site you can go to and get the links to all my social media accounts. It's right there for you. Right, so we always leave the conversation with a motivational moment. That could be a scripture, a quote, anything that sparks my eye. But I feel the Lord was telling me something different in this particular episode. I kind of want to leave the people with a song. Um, as you were talking, I was listening to so many songs in my head when you were like, um, it's not about us. I was singing that song. It's not about us. It's about you. I was just singing all type of songs in my head. I'm like, wow. So I want to know when you have those dark times, is there a song that you have that inspires you to keep going? I know for me, one in particular is called Be Encouraged. I cannot think about the, um, who's the singer right now? But there's a gospel song that's called Be Encouraged. And it really, really helps me. I sometimes just jam it out and it just gives me that uplift. And uh, I just love it so much. So for you, what would be a song that you would just turn on when those times it's like, oh, I do not want to move today. <laughs> today was just not a good day. Do you have any pick-me-up gospel songs that just helps you feel motivated and just keep on going? One song that I always refer back to and it's always in my on my um my phone is Kirk Franklin, My Life is in Your Hands because of the words in that song. I don't know. Uh that song just sends me over. Like if I'm on my lowest, it just really just picks me up. That song, just the words in it um itself. And then I'm also loving the uh new CC Wine and Songs Believe. Um, uh, yeah, that comes on the radio and that uplifts my spirit as well. And uh, I'm also a big Forever Jones fan. I don't know if you know that uh, group, uh, Christian group, but they um, have a song, He Wants It All. And that's like one of my all time favorite uh, gospel songs of all time. Um, and just, it's just a, such an inspirational song. Um, so those are my three, um, but definitely that Kirk Franklin song. Oh my God, I've been in so many low moments in my life. And that song, come on, it's just, you do the ugly cry and then you just get right back to it because of the words of the song. So that's one of my favorites. I love that song too. Like yes. I, that me back in my choir days when <laughs> them old school songs. It's like yeah. I get you together. Okay, them old hymns, baby. Them old hymns. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. Do you feel like I left out anything? You feel like you want to leave with the people today? That you want to just leave some last words? Anything of that nature? Um, yeah, I just will, will just encourage your viewers to just continue to believe in themselves um, and know that in spite of anything that they are doing, that God is in control um, and to just be inspired um, and continue to press forth and be great and be all that God called you to be. Don't leave this earth without walking fully in your purpose. I am so happy. I'm just so thankful. Everybody that's listening, please make sure that you support Deontay and all of his endeavors. As he mentioned, he's wearing multiple hats. So the only way you can keep up with him is to make sure you visit his website and also follow him on Instagram. Do you say Twitter or anything? 
yes, Twitter is Deontay Bolden as well. Yeah, and all that, again, is on my website. Awesome. So One Stop Shop, make sure you just go to his website and just support and just follow and make sure you do what you need to do to just be an awesome supporter of Deontay. Well, that is a wrap for today. I just want to say thank you again, Deontay, for just your inspiration. Um, everyone that's listening, if you're listening to this morning, noon, evening, or night, have a great one, and we will see you on the next episode. Hey, guys. For more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account, b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at what's good podcast. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see. And I can also respond back to you guys. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates. Thank you. Have a good one.